0: Well, hey everyone, this is Athena, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who'll not only share a personal Romans 8:28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month will have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for insider insights where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Well, welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am here today with one of my most recent Redemption Press authors, Robin Mead, to kickstart our time together today. And then during the second half of the show, I'll be providing some insider insights and announcing a very exciting opportunity for many of you ladies out there who have a book idea in their head or heart, but don't really know what to do with that. So um, first, before I get into a proper introduction, Robin, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much, Athena. I'm so honored to be here. You bet. Well, it's a delight to have you. So for those of you listening, let me just give a proper introduction. Robin lives in the beautiful suburbs of Chicago, which is where I grew up. And for over five years, she has led and taught as a part of a women's ministry team at New Life Community Church in Brookfield. She loves her dog and great food, but mostly she loves Jesus And strives to encourage people to experience God's restorative healing and for God to be glorified through it. And just a few little-known facts. She loves puzzles and plays Sudoku daily, which I'm sure is what keeps her brain sharp. She loves maps and pit bulls and making crafts. She loves to volunteer to help, everything from event planning to making crafts to donate she just has a, that servant's heart uh that's i'm adding that as my perspective she uh has loves to play cribbage and black backgammon those are like my two favorite games i knew i liked you her <laughs> favorite color is lavender and her favorite praise song is all the power you need and when the saints and better word so, Robin, I just have been so looking forward to our time together today, and really would love for our listeners to hear your Romans eight twenty eight story.
1: So, my Romans 828, So, God works all things for good, um, and in in my story, fierce wholeness. Um, there's some some just. Great takeaways that support that verse, the truth of that verse, uh, number one is to be willing to tell your story and be real about what happened. you know I don't think you can begin to heal unless you cope with what's real, what reality is, and understanding the truth is key to moving forward and and of course, when I talk about that, I'm talking about god's truth, right mm. um, and I know this was just pivotal for me. Um, And then number two, keep moving forward even when it's hard. Faith is doing what God's asked you to do, regardless of what you see or how you feel, because God promises a good result. Number three, God promises a good result. Never give up on that pivotal truth in your faith walk. All things are possible. And God is always working for your good. He is always working to restore what sin has destroyed. And then number four, give yourself grace. It's okay to fall. It's okay to fail. Just get back up. Mm -hmm. This isn't about your own bootstraps. This is about leaning on God to do what you can't do. Everybody is in the middle of their own journey. So, okay, so tell me
0: how in your life, what does it look like where God came in and took something that was so painful in your life and devastating in your life and actually use that to work good?
1: Tell us a little bit about that. So my, uh, I grew up with some childhood emotional trauma and it affected my identity how i saw myself and i was treated as being worthless in my home growing up and so that's really how i saw myself and when i became a christian that didn't just magically go away Mm -hmm. i it's a process it's not like flipping a switch and so i had to spend years of uh studying the bible and in relationship with the lord before i really understood what my identity was uh as a christian how god saw me and um who god was and why i could say yes this is how i can see myself because this is what this is how god sees me and i can rely on that because this is who god is Hmm. so okay so we're gonna we're gonna kind of kind of
0: switch gears and move into just to, i want those who are listening to hear about your book hear about your story within the context of your book because your book pretty much is kind of a slice in in your years of of being alive you know you talk about some very specific things that i want you to share and You know, you mentioned in Fierce Wholeness, your keto diet and losing weight. So, and, you know, anytime as we have this conversation, I would love to have you just um, connect it to what, you know, there's so many people struggling right now with being home, being sheltered in place and, and, you know, just, spending lots of time eating when they shouldn't be. So <laughs> I, I want to hear your story, but I want to hear what you're hearing too on, you know, how that is going to minister to the, those of us that are struggling with that. Okay.
1: So I, I just want to say that I, I like my whole life. If you read my book, First Wholeness, you'll see, you know, right away in childhood is where the body image issues start. Um, and I started dieting in high school um, and my weight has gone up and down my entire my entire life, um, and I didn't understand how deeply all my emotional healing was tied to my weight. Mm. And uh, you know, that's a huge tie-in to right now. Everybody snacking. There's a lot of emotional things that we're dealing with because none of us have been in this kind of situation before. So, our go-to might be. Eating half a bag of potato chips, right? And those right. are those are the behaviors that we've gotta we gotta take a look at. Um, so when I was growing up, I thought, um, or in, into adulthood, I thought that by eating whatever I wanted, that meant that I had control. So having quote unquote control was the big message for my childhood because the person in control wins. But what I had with food was not control, it was a lack of self-discipline. Um, my emotions were so tied into eating and I, I couldn't even see that until I had started to heal emotionally. So once I felt emotionally healed, I was able to face this area of self-discipline. Um, and then I, I went to my doctor and I was like, okay, tell me, tell me how bad it is. And she got my blood work done, and it came back. My cholesterol was awful. Um, my, I was a borderline diabetic. My blood pressure was too high. And my doctor recommended the low-carb keto diet, and she gave me a bunch of resources to look through because she knows I'm an analytical person. And she gave me books and podcasts and websites to look up so that I could do my own research. She never, ever once told me that I was fat. Never once. Mm-hmm. Um, and she herself, even though she's never struggled with her weight, she's a, she's one of those five mile a day runner people. Um, but she had been on the keto diet for a couple of years herself because she'd done the research and she thought if she was going to recommend it to her patients, she would also do it. So through trial and error, looking at all, the, all these resources, I figured out what foods I liked that I could eat, and I just started experimenting and I. I started losing weight right away, Um, and I wasn't exercising, which was always the big, that's always the thing, right? Right. Somebody looks at you and says, oh, you know, you really need to run 30 miles a day, so you can take all that weight off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like like never, never realistic, and if you haven't dealt with the emotions that surround that eating, you're never going to get to exercise, so um, I, I started losing weight just from just from following the keto diet, and within three months, I had stopped drinking soda, which was a lifelong habit for me—drinking mm-hmm. diet, diet soda. I had lost seven pounds. I had lost, I think, four inches off my hips, which represents a lot more than seven pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had plenty of energy. That I and I never experienced that before with uh, car, a lot of carbs in my diet. And um, I was able to go longer periods without eating, which I also was never able to do. And snacking was, was a thing for me. Wow. Um, so now, 18 months later, I've lost 60 pounds, 13 inches off my hips, 10 inches off my waist, I've dropped four sizes, My blood work came back in January, uh, all perfect for Mm. being metabolically healthy. And now keto is a way of life for me. And at first, you know, I didn't exercise and everything hurt. You know, my ankle hurt, my knee hurt, old lady knee, old lady ankle. Um, And now I enjoy exercising. I walk at least five miles a day. Um, It doesn't bother me to get out and do a, a bunch of yard work or you know squatting down or bending over none of that Uh, and I actually enjoy exercising again and I can't wait to get back to the gym I really want to go swimming Um. wow so okay so
0: your book fierce wholeness and I want to actually read the subtitle as well finding myself after childhood emotional trauma how did you
1: come up with that title? So that's a great question. Um, So originally, the title that I was going to use was gaining and losing myself, because I felt like during childhood, I lost myself, and I gained a bunch of weight. And then, you know, through this healing process, I've gained myself and I've lost a bunch of weight. Um, But fierce wholeness came from brainstorming with my editor after she read my poem at the end of the book. So spoiler alert, when you get the book, you have to go back to the back and read the poem uh called Forceful. Um and Fierce Wholeness is just a much stronger title and it more accurately captures the book. Cool.
0: Well and I think, you know, it's probably as more and more people start reading the book, you're you're and, and I'm sure it'll be no surprise to you that childhood trauma and abuse is, I would guess that's probably the number one reason why women self-medicate with food because it's, there's, it's that pain is still there. It hasn't been dealt with and food is a—it's
1: an easy go-to to self-medicate. It's not only an easy go to, it's an acceptable go to. Right. You know, so for, um, and especially I think in, you know, I grew up as a Christian, so in church, it's always acceptable to eat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gluttony. We get to do, gluttony.
0: right? <laughs> yeah, gluttony is the acceptable sin, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, exactly.
0: Wow. So, So, why write this book now? and 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 you had no idea that we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic when it actually
1: launched so that that definitely I mean, was God's timing but so why now so I don't think there's ever a better time to write a book like this than a situation the way it is now um, you know I felt I felt led to write and um, I it wasn't like God said, hey, you need to write this. It was like, God said, hey, you need to write this. And I was like, oh, are you sure? Yeah, okay, but I kept being circled back to it. Um, and then second, to get the story out there for other people who are in the middle of this journey of healing. And by in the middle, I mean, I'm not an expert on any, anything. I'm a traveler on this healing journey. Now I haven't arrived at the destination of being complete and none of us do. Uh, but I've come a long way. Uh, when you experience abuse as a child, there is a quote unquote normal way of perceiving your surroundings that's set. And it's it's not a healthy way, but it's what you know to be normal. And if it's not corrected, this this quote unquote normal way stays with you into adulthood. So when healthy people express what they think should be the next steps for you, they're trying to help you, but you can't understand them. It's like they're speaking a different language because it's so far away from what you know to be normal. So this book is a translation of, stor- of sorts. It's, it's what I figured out um, from my journey and, I, and I'm just hoping that it's a blessing to other people who are on this journey of healing from emotional trauma. Hmm. So, so tell me how, when you put your story on paper, how did that help you? So when I first wrote out my story, I was writing um, like the last 15 years of my life. And when I started working with the editor, um, I was encouraged to go deeper and go earlier. And I had not written about that for quite some time. So writing this book showed me how much I've healed and what I still need to grieve and where I need to direct attention at growth myself. Where are the places where I'm still growing? Mm. That's so good because
0: I know another author that was having to write about, you know, growing up with a narcissist for a mom and You know, just every time she got to places in the writing process where it was just like, oh, I can't write about that. That was when the editor said, oh, if that's how you feel, that's what you need to write about. Because it is, not, not only do we go through a measure of healing as we write it and as we really see it with fresh eyes, what really happened but it's the other person that's reading it is going to resonate with that. They're not going to resonate if you kind of try and put, you know, shiny stuff over things that haven't really been dealt with. And And the more authentic we can be, the more people are going to find some hope in that because here you are actually growing and changing and God's redeeming you and and working all these things together for good and you've struggled
1: in the same ways that they've struggled so that gives them hope amen amen that is so true athena and that is the feedback that i have gotten from the people who have read the book so far that they really appreciate how transparent i am with my own journey mm-hmm. uh and uh that is such a blessing for me to hear um and you know the hope that that comes from that. I am, I am just praying will be transformational to as many people as read the book.
0: Mm,
1: amen, amen.
0: And that's you know when you're when you're authentic and you're vulnerable and you're transparent and, you know, you kind of feel like you're standing outside with your underwear on. You can't get back in the house, and you know that kind of dream or <laughs> nightmare that you have. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're, when you're bearing your soul in writing for anybody and everybody to read, it's a very courageous thing to do. So, you know, as, as scary as it is, you know, you have that courage and you speak what you know, God is, is, you know, moving you towards sharing. And it just, that's the thing that's going to resonate with people, not trying to pretend like we're perfect and, yeah so it's been wonderful to see the kind of response you've already gotten and and I know you're hearing way more of it than I am but I'm hearing some such good things and I I just love that when when we're courageous and we do what God's calling us to do and we we share in ways that are really going to give that person reading it permission to admit their own struggle and their own need for healing that's that's just powerful so If you had to explain this book in one sentence, what would you say?
1: So I'm sharing my faith journey so others who have suffered childhood emotional trauma will know that they're not alone and that there is a path to wholeness through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And that is the best reason and the best,
0: um, you know, takeaway that they could have. So, what other authors or books influenced you to write Fierce Wholeness?
1: So there are so many, <laughs> um, but I would say um, there are uh, some recommended readings at the end of the book, and uh, I would encourage you know readers to check those out. But the main influence is God and His Word. Uh, Hosea four six says. Uh, that God's people perish for lack of knowledge, you know, and studying, understanding, and being confident in God's promises could not happen if I wasn't in God's word and in prayer. Mm. So however that looks for you, I would encourage you to to be there. Um, And then second would be, there's a bunch of books by Henry Cloud and John Townsend that have been so impactful to me uh changes that heal the mom factor boundaries the way that these two men unwrap scripture into the reality of day-to-day boundary setting and understanding where a person comes from emotionally has been a big part of my own healing Um, but i think the catalyst that really started me onto this healing journey 15 or so years ago uh, was a book that I read by Wes Stafford um, called Too Small to Ignore. And it's his autobiography about his, his own story of childhood abuse. He grew up as a missionary kid in Africa and went to the school for missionary kids and, and most of the, most of the kids were abused. And he talks about confronting his abusers and there was no closure, you know, they didn't apologize, or admit that they were wrong, or try and make restitution, or any of those things, and um, that's the same situation that I'm in, and uh, the reality that really struck me, um, and, and really encouraged me, like I'm trying to encourage other people with fierce wholeness, hey, you're not alone, I went through this god has helped see me through it the promise that god will help see you through this too Mm, amen so so what
0: are some major ideas that you integrate into the book or into your
1: life in general so my favorite quote um from my book is is don't should on yourself and uh should is in quotes and Uh, to give yourself grace. Um, I grew up with uh, being able to do things the right way. uh, And that's a line to perfectionism. And so we all know that we can't ever reach that. (laughs) Mm. It's just, it's just not possible for us to get there. So we really have to give ourselves some grace. um, And to Get to the place where we accept what God has for us to accomplish is what we really need to accomplish. Mm. We get so caught up in in all the busyness and all of the expectations from other people and and we don't need to wear that. we don't need to carry that. Mm. That's not what God is asking us to carry amen um, that's that's a big piece um, and then. Another quote that I have that isn't part of the book, but it's really part of my life, and I do integrate it in the book, is if you're going to show up, you might as well win. I like to win. I'm pretty competitive. Um, I, I I like good sportsmanship, and um, I'll steal your points if you play cribbage with me. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you give me the opportunity, I'll take them. But, you know, I show up to win, and I think... I think that's really what God calls us to do um, when we read uh, 1 Corinthians 9, four through 27, and Paul is talking about running the race and how he disciplines himself. That's how God wants us to show up. And, you know, I want to, I want to go see God and get that well done, good faithful servant. I want that. I want yeah. that prize. And um, I'm, I'm going to keep, moving toward that goal and uh, I'm going to fall and that's okay. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going with God. Hmm.
0: Amen. Okay. So as we wrap this up, I would love to have you share a tip or a tool that will really help our listeners zero in on how God really is continually working all things together for good, even if we're not seeing it.
1: So uh, one of the tips that I use um, every day is I have a couple different praise lists that I listen to to turn my heart around. I think um, in scripture it talks about us taking our thoughts captive. And I think sometimes we think about those thoughts as being directed towards other people. But we also have to think about the thoughts that we think about ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And how how God sees us versus um, how we see ourselves, how our pain and our hurt has allowed us to see ourselves and kind of lock that vision in. And the only thing that's going to rock that is God's work. So uh, I listen to a great deal of praise music to redirect my thinking. Um, and I think that's a really important habit for us to um, develop yeah. a lot of praise music is based off of uh, actual scripture. Um, Some of it's not so you have to you have to be careful but um, I, I think the music, what we listen to, what our what our heart is made of, I think we need to be careful with what we feed ourselves. So mm-hmm. how much how much our uh, sources outside of God's word, um, How much time do we spend in that versus how much time we spend? in in scripture, listening to praise music, those kind of more healthy things. Right. That's good. Good stuff. Okay. So Robin, if we have some ladies who would
0: like to connect with you online, what's the, where's the best place for them to find you?
1: So you can uh, please check out my author page on Facebook. It's uh, Robin Mead author. Um, You can also email me at robin.vandervin.mead at gmail.com. Um, and you can check me out on Redemption Process website or on Amazon. Um, I also have teaching on YouTube. Everything that I have on Facebook has been uploaded to YouTube, so you can please check me out there, Um, and if I can help you out uh, by speaking at one of your events on Hope, Healing, and Perseverance, that's the talk that I give that that reflects fierce illness, please let me know. Wonderful. Well, it has been a delight to have a
0: conversation with you today and just may the Lord continue to bless your ministry and the message through the book he's given you. It's just, I'm, I'm going to be excited to
1: see what God does with it. Me too, Athena. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet.
0: Welcome to another Insider Insights segment of the All Things Podcast, where we answer questions from our listeners about writing and publishing. If you'd like to ask a question, download the Anchor app on your phone and then search for the All Things Podcast. You'll see a message button where you can click and record your question, and then we'll play your question on the next Insider Insights segment and give an answer. So here we go. Well, here we are for our last Insider Insights segment for the month of May. And I am here with Redemption Press strategic marketing coach and content editor. And, oh, there's a bunch of other titles for her, but I'll leave it at that for now. Cynthia Kavanaugh and director of acquisitions, Andrea Tomasi, or better known as Andy. So ladies, thank you for being with me today so we can kind of unpack the most amazing conference. We're still on cloud nine. The She Writes for Him online conference ended on the 16th of May, and we are still just basking in God's goodness. Yes. Definitely.
2: Yes. It was amazing. It was. And just
0: to see what God did, we, none of us had any idea how this was going to go. It was five weeks from the time the idea came to the time the conference happened and we had 425 ladies in a private Facebook group just soaking in, well, soaking, let's see, a fire, drinking from a fire hydrant isn't exactly soaking, but that's what they were doing. They were just uh, from eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening, Three days in a row, almost nonstop, receiving from some of the gr- at most wisdom-filled women in publishing and writing, and I mean authoring, whatever. I mean, it was just amazing. Cynthia Agents, me-
2: publishers, it was, it was, it was really great. And you know, I think one of the things I remember us as a team. We prayed. Um, we talked about Ephesians three twenty, because we knew that from the the concepts, the idea, the concept that I, Athena threw out there, and, you know, she's our fearless leader, and, you know, she's just like a mama duck, and we just follow, we just follow yes. in craziness saying, of course, sure, we can do this, and, you know, and, and but we, I remember us praying um, and talking about Ephesians three twenty that God would do above and beyond what we could even imagine, because we know that in the short, period of time that we had you know he's the one that empowered us and enabled us and also put it on the hearts of all the people that we asked that athena asked to participate to say yes and be a part of it and so for me like watching still watching i mean the she writes for him conference facebook group is just alive i mean it's it's just, it's just going and they're interacting, they're creating groups, you know, in different parts of the country, they're connecting with each other, they're sharing, you know, I just read someone yesterday share about how, you know, they, they wrote their first microblog and, you know, posted on Instagram and, you know, just encouraging each other and, and God did, he did above and beyond what we could even imagine, not just I think, over the whole conference, but I think in our lives too, recognizing that we said yes to God and we trusted him. We didn't really know everything, all the steps and how it was going to play out from the ideas, but we just, by faith and wow, we just sat back and buckled up and <laughs> it, was like, it was like, As
3: Athena would say, buckle up, Buttercup.
2: Yeah, it was like the Incredicoaster at Disneyland. I mean, you get yeah. in there and all that music, do-do-do-do, you know, and then you just take it off, in, you know, 100 miles an hour in a you know few short seconds. But it was, it's,
3: yeah. It, isn't it almost like God was saying, like, you know, Athena gets these amazing ideas and then, you know, we just come alongside <laughs> we're like, let's just, okay, let's just plan it out. Let's just, let's just do it. And the excitement and passion that all of us have and the gifts that, you know, we bring together with just saying, of us just saying, yes, I'll go. And then I feel like God's saying through the whole thing, I got this, What do you, I got this, I got this, I got this. And then to see the outcome of that at the end, and you're absolutely right, Cindy, I love seeing the, <clears throat> the, the back and forth about on our Facebook group, where somebody will post, Hey, I'm in Indiana. Anybody else from Indiana? Or, Hey, yes. I'm in Florida. Who else is in Florida? I, I saw somebody post in Texas, You know, who is in Texas? I'm thinking of renting a tree house, you know, and going, so having a right. right. Thing to go away. And I, I, I saw wondered, that. I'm coming to Texas. And they responded, Are you coming because you miss us or you want to go to the tree house? I said, Both. <laughs>
2: So it's happening organically and I think that's what you would call a a God movement. And I know one of the speakers uh, shared that with us as well, that they said they can see a God movement. You know, they recognize a God movement when they see it and that's happening organically um, with the women that participated. And I don't know about you too, but I just, it just makes me think okay well why don't i trust god more sometimes right yeah, like right right and tr- and trusting god for just to be obedient and i think that's the whole piece in that in this what we're trying to offer people is with their writing and sharing their stories that if you are obedient to god's call in your life and you just sit down and start writing and then you ask for help and direction and coaching and you know boot camps and retreats or whatever it takes then you just sit back and let God do the rest. And I think that's what we're seeing. And that is just, it's such an incredible honor to be a small part of this and other people's lives. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just a huge, huge blessing. Well, and one of the comments that I saw from
0: um, Inger, who has been my editor for 25 years, and she's our senior editor at Redemption Press. And she said from her perspective and she was one of the speakers, but she also attended the entire thing. She said it was like where a women's retreat intersects with a writer's conference without all the pressure to have to have your mm-hmm. one sheet and your appointment with an editor or an agent and feeling all freaked out about it, Yes. You know, one of that was there. And it was just like, here were these speakers interacting in the Facebook group and on their computers, just like they were right there, sitting across from them. With yes, coffee. yes. And
3: it just, that just, we couldn't have planned that. It just no. we so <laughs> I think the word that comes to my mind is, um, the, uh, a couple people had said to me, you know, going to talk to a publisher or an editor or somebody that owns a publishing company, such as yourself, that it's intimidating. It's intimidating for them. They, they said it didn't feel scary, that, you know, we, they, they actually saw us in a different, you know, light, how we banter back and forth with each other. And we're just regular girls wanting to do what God has called us to do, just like they are. There's nothing different about us. And just, God just has us planted in, in this, this place right now. And so I just think that they feel, they feel safe. They felt at ease. They felt um, like part of our family part of our extended family, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what I gather, which is exactly what we talked about before this thing started, right? Like, that that's what we wanted to have come out at the end, that they felt part of something, and I think that we really accomplished that.
2: Yes, feeling something part of bigger than themselves, and all the speakers that's that shared, I think, reiterated, there just seemed to be a theme. There was definitely a God theme of you know, that this is about ministry, that your writing has to be about ministry and having the right heart, you know, writing from a pure heart. And one of the things I appreciated so much about the speakers was they were really raw and authentic. I mean, they told their stories and, you know, Liz Curtis Higgs, she led the way in that really when she started and she, you know, when she shared how she'd been at a, you know, thousands of women event and talking and she was talking about secret sins and all that and how God nailed her on that and told her that she needed to be obedient and get down in front of the ev- event and get on her knees and confess her secret sin. And, you know, how the worship leader's eyes bugged out of their head when they saw her walking up yeah. the platform to kneel down. And, but, you know, it just, just sharing, you know, those things that she, was wrestling with and how she even said her first few books she admitted it was about her you know it wasn't about you know she wanted to be about god but it was more about her than it was about god and you know it it was just so refreshing to hear someone who has published multiple multiple books award-winning books and to know that you know we we all struggle with the same thing you know right and and I it, it just was really refreshing. I loved hearing that from her to other, you know, Carol Kent sharing her beginnings and her stories of how she started out as a writer, and and uh, just admitting, you know, sharing things too personally. I just, I, I just think that just closed the gap. So when Liz shared that personal story of her own secret sins, and she just. She just put us all on the same playing field, which we are already, right? I mean, we know, God knows that, but we don't always act like that. And the difference in being at an online conference versus in person is you're very aware on site who are the haves and have nots, as she put it. Mm. You're aware of, you know, you're standing in line for lunch and you're saying, Oh, are you a writer? How much have you written? Oh, I've published two books. Oh, I haven't done anything. I'm just like exactly. learning on, you know, and so exactly. it, it just took away all of that and put mm-hmm. everybody on this. Like it was just, we're all on the same team together. And it doesn't matter if you've written one blog or won awards for blogs or you've, you've never written a book or you've written five books. It, it was just a beautiful thing to see.
0: Well, and it allowed women too to, you know, that big barrier that happens at women's retreats or at writer's conferences where you want to, might want to respond because you're just like convicted, but you hesitate because who, you know, someone's watching or, you know, just that whole thing that was gone. Yeah. Women yes. in their homes could just respond to God
2: right yes Yeah. in, their, the, jam,
3: in their jammies it even
2: yes you know it, it took away all the you know how we dress for each other as women sometimes and we right. size each i mean i'm just going to be honest and we size each other up and yep. it just there was none of that because we couldn't see each other
3: well cousin tell him the great idea you had about the shoes
2: oh yes the shoes well it was the last day of the conference and um, you know, because we didn't see each other, I, I just thought, well, let's show each other what shoes. So I brought out my shoes, Andrea had her shoes and um, Athena had her shoes to say, this is what we would have worn with our outfits for today. Um, I said I miss seeing everybody's shoes and I know I'm the shallow one but <laughs> I just said no, I, see- <laughs> I just miss seeing everybody's shoes because I love shoes and so we just shared that and I just thought it was kind of a fun thing And then people were posting you know these are my sandals I would have worn today or this is what I'm most comfortable here's my slippers and so that was right. kind of a kind of a fun thing. And it
3: was the great thing that you said about social distancing while we're at home. It's the only size that probably doesn't change. Yes,
2: that's right. <laughs> oh yes, we've, we've gained a little during this, during this uh, quarantine and then our shoes still fit. So that's right. feel good about that. That's right. So we were,
0: we, none of us wore masks, but we all showed off our shoes. That's <laughs> there right. you go, there you go. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. Well, you know what? I I think we can wrap up this time of just kind of sharing memories from this amazing event with a little invitation to all of you who are listening. We are, uh, we've had so many people that actually people that were signing up, women were signing up after the deadline trying to get in the Facebook group, trying to get in to watch the conference. And we had a cutoff. And so we had a bunch of people that were on a list waiting to be able to pay and get in. And then we had more people afterwards saying, is there any way where, that I can go ahead and get in after the fact and watch all of the videos that are in the Facebook group and get interacting with people on the She Writes for Him conference private group page? So what we all, what we decided is we would just offer the sign up. You can register for $47 and we will give you access to the group um, so that you can, that group is going to be, it's going to be there forever. It is our founding group for the conference. It's our first conference ever. And so it's a special group. It's going to stay intact, but the videos are only gonna be available to be watched through the end of June. So if you wanna be part of that and come see and learn and just do it at your own pace, because it's not, they've already been recorded and they're there for you to watch, Uh, the link that you would go to is shewritesforhimconference.com, and you can sign up there.
2: Any closing thoughts, Cynthia or Andy? Well, I was just thinking maybe we should give them for those of those that did not have a chance to come to the conference weren't a part. If you want to go to that same web page, right? SheWritesForHimConference.com, you will see um, all the speakers that spoke um, that are part of the videos and their topics. So we have everything from, you know, editing how to, um, you know, learning about editing to how to write difficult stories, um, you know, other. Other lots of you know how to write devotionals, how to write Bible studies, what are the key elements of uh, nonfiction, the key elements of fiction, just many many different topics. And each topic there was eight breakouts, so each topic has three different perspectives from three different speakers um, in the industry. Um, many of them are best-selling, uh, well-known authors and. So, I mean, it's just a fabulous deal for $47. That's all I can say.
0: (laughs) Amen.
3: Andy, any closing thoughts from you? Well, I just wanted to say in addition to 33 amazing author and speaker videos that they're going to get, and you're right, $47 is just a steal. um, I also want to encourage you to join, not just for that, but for the God-breathed relationships that he is going to open for you with. 425 amazing women, um, that are in there looking for, um, accountability, looking for, uh, friendship, looking for, um, people to mentor or, um, just to chat with. And I just think it's amazing how God has brought these women together to a place where they can feel safe, uh, about sharing that, you know, the whole world is not, you know, um, reading what they, what they write down on social media, that it's just targeted for these women that, like Cynthia said earlier, that are the same. We're all the same. We all have the same struggles. We all have the same, um, you know, uh, secret sins that were sometime in our, one time in our life that we've had to get on our knees and, and bring before the foot of the cross. So, you know, some people are further along in their writing and some are just starting. And I just love how, when somebody asks a question, there's anywhere from 30 to 50 responses, yes, <laughs> you know, know, people giving their advice. And I just, amazing. you know, a lot of times you have to pay for that. Yep. Like, you know, so it's, it's just people coming together um, and just wanting to help the next, um, the next uh, round or group of women coming through. So, I would just really encourage you for both of those reasons to take advantage of this um, amazing, amazing opportunity.
2: Yeah. It's like a mastermind, you know, like a, yes, exactly. a large mastermind group where people it's, a, and it's organically happening where they're mentoring each other. So it's, it's, yeah, it's I mean, a great and aren't thing Aren't those part really of.
3: expensive, Cynthia? Like they're in the, some of them are in the hundreds of even up to a thousand dollars. I mean, they're.
0: Oh yes, they're, for they're,
3: sure. Yeah.
0: Well, and here's the other thing about the group is it's, it's a safe place. Yes. Right. And we've made rules so that people don't come in there trying to recruit and do other things to, you know, with another motive than to just learn and support and be an encouragement and to soak up wisdom from those who know things that they don't know about the writing and the publishing. Um, right.
3: Exactly.
0: But also there's, there's a real, um, there continues to be the theme of um, God working in our hearts with our own pain and how he's going to use that and how he wants to heal us. So, so it's, it's, it's not just all about writing. It's about a journey because God wants to use that pain that we've experienced to help others who are in the same place that we were at one time. Amen to that.
2: Yes, that's, that's, I think that's why they are interacting so much as well is because there definitely was a spiritual connection and theme that the speakers led the way in that. And there, it just opened up a whole, a whole new Avenue to be able to share. Amen. All right,
0: ladies, thank you for being with us today for Insider Insights. I just spent three days with 400-plus women from across North America who all feel called to write for the King, and can I just tell you, God did immeasurably more than we could have ever asked or imagined. I am overwhelmed at how God showed up and answered the cries of so many hearts, inspiring, equipping, and motivating women to share their redemption stories. Some called it an intersection of women's retreat and writer's conference without the pressure of preparing a pitch for agents or editors. I love that description. If you missed the conference, you can still join after the fact to view all of the teachings five keynotes, two panels, and eight breakout segments, and connect with others in the private Facebook community. Go to SheWritesForHimConference.com and get in on the incredible teaching and inspiration. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.